Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. It's always such an honor to be able to preach. Today's going to be a little different. We're doing some tag team preaching today. Turn to your neighbor and say, you ain't ready. Don't say you're not ready. Say, you ain't ready. It's going to be awesome. And so we're going to do a little tag team preaching. And I just have to say, man, we are so thankful for our pastors, Pastor Mike and Rachel. Can you put your hands together for our amazing pastors? Man, the best. Just love them, their hearts, and who they are as people. Obviously, just amazing gift on their life and, and just the calling of God. And Pastor Mike is up in Kids District today, not because he has to be, but because he wants to be. And he is preaching and reaching our kids and serving them. So, Rachel, we love you guys so much. So thankful for you. And just one final thing before we dive in is this Wednesday night, we're super excited. God is doing awesome things in our college age and 20-year-olds. We call it C20. And they're moving to a new location. They've outgrown where they've been meeting, moving to a new location downtown. And the bishop, the colossal apostle himself, is going to be preaching, Pastor Mike, and at 8 o'clock on Wednesday night. So the location's on the screen. You can find it online as well. But let's pray together and we'll dive in. Father, we love you. We thank you so much that Jesus, you are supreme and you're the King of Kings. Lord, we thank you that we don't have to have any fear, any worry, any doubt. But God, we are confident because who we are in you. So Lord, we pray you'll move in this service. Have your way. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen and amen. Hey, last week, Pastor Mike kicked off a brand new series and this topic of city on a hill. And he talked to us about the importance of holiness. How many of you were here last week? Talked to us about the importance of holiness and how God has positioned us to be holy. But then how we also are to practice holiness. That we're to gauge our heart. And make sure we're doing things that honor and please God. That we're not saved by our holiness. That we're saved by what Christ has done. But because of that, we are to practice it. And then finally, he ended up with... We are to be holy for a purpose. And this whole thought, this whole series, this whole conversation on City on a Hill is this idea that God has set us apart as a people and that God desires to use us in order that people may see him. And next week he'll be back talking to us about gratitude and then the following week about um, Sacrifice, But today, I'm excited to talk to you about the subject of serving. And I couldn't help this week to think through our experience and how me and my wife, I'm married to an amazing woman named Bethany Lee Ray. She's here with us today. She's awesome. Um, I'm married to her and just our experience and how we got to be a part of HPC. Some of you might know this. Some of you maybe do not know this, but just listen for a moment. In 2007, we were living up in Tennessee and going to school. My wife was working at the time. I was still in seminary. I had one more year left, and I had to be able to, to graduate. I had to go and intern at a church. So I remember in 2007, I had a conversation. I had some relationships here. I had a conversation with a guy by the name of Earl Rents. Earl the Pearl, the man. And I had a conversation with him at the annex, the old annex. Anybody remember that old annex? Not the annex up front, but the old annex, the real annex. And we had a conversation out there, and I said, Mr. Earl, do you think it'd be possible if me and Bethany, we came this summer and we served at HPC for six to seven weeks? He said, man, that'd be great. Y'all come be a part. And I said, Mr. Earl, do you mind if we come and live at your house? 
and eat all your food. And we did. Miss Karen, his wife, can cook. And so we came and we lived here for six to seven weeks. And, man, I'm telling you. And I, I thought about this multiple times this week. And, like, the anointing of Mike Heyman came upon me because I started crying every single time. And, and I just started thinking about how when we came here and we saw this church, we saw something we had never seen before. And I'm so thankful for the churches that we grew up in and the experience and the pastors that we had. But we truly saw a church that lived out the idea of serving people. That the greatest moments, the greatest minutes, the greatest hours were not just reserved for Sunday, but there were amazing things taking place Monday through Saturday. We saw a heart for the orphan. We saw a heart for the poor and the marginalized. We were part of street outreaches. We were part of block parties and reaching out to kids in need. And our hearts just exploded because that's what the gospel is all about. Can I have a good amen? It's one thing to preach a message, which we need to do. We need to preach Jesus. But it's also awesome when people see Jesus. And when you combine those two, hearing and seeing, then it is a recipe for people to have an encounter with Christ. And I just want to thank you. And I mean this. Thank you for being that church. Thank you for being a church that has a heart for the world, the nations. Thank you for being a church that has a heart for the city. Thank you for being a church that you are after people in a good way. We are relentlessly after people because there are people on this planet who do not have a relationship with Jesus, who they desperately need to meet him. And there are people, whether your theology believes this or not, the Bible talks about it, that they're heading to hell because they don't know Jesus. But there is a great message that we carry. There's great news that's been imparted to us that we are able to share and to show, and that's the great message of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 5, if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. This is known as the Sermon of the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And this is the longest recorded sermon that Jesus ever preached. It's the most popular sermon that's ever been preached. And in this sermon, Jesus is instructing the audience not just then, but also us today, on how we are to live once we have a relationship with God. There's kingdom language. Jesus will say things like, once you're part of the kingdom. We sang about that earlier. And the kingdom is simply an unseen realm that we're a part of, where Jesus is the king. He's our leader. He, he is who we serve and who we li live for. And Jesus is not telling them, hey, do these things and then you'll be saved. Listen to me. He's saying we do these things because we are saved. So when we talk about serving, we don't serve for salvation. We serve from salvation. We're not serving and doing good work so that maybe we'll work our way in good relationship with God. No, the Bible says that blessed are the poor in spirit in, in, this, in this chapter, verse 3. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, what Jesus is saying, you are able to be saved. You are blessed. Another word for blessed in, in the Greek is the word happy. Blessed are those, happy are those who understand that you are spiritually bankrupt. That I have nothing to contribute to my salvation. Paul says that it is by grace we are saved through faith. This not of yourself not by works, least anyone should boast. But then he goes on to say, but you have been made in Christ's image to do good works. So when we talk about this subject today and really this entire series, Jesus is saying to us through this amazing sermon, this thought of sitting on a hill, be a difference maker because I've made a difference in your life. Does that make sense, everybody? 
Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. This is Jesus talking. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, listen to this, that they may see. Everybody say see. They may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus says you are the light of the world. He's not using future tense. One day you will be the light of the world. He's not using hopeful language. I hope that you'll be the light of the world. Jesus says if you are part of my kingdom, then you are light. You are a city on a hill, and you are to be light within your home. So this is how we're going to break up this message. We're going to talk about serving. We're going to talk about serving, serve your world, your city, and your home. Somebody shout world. world. Somebody say city. city. Somebody say home. home. Serve your world, city, and home. And I'm going to introduce our preachers who are coming up. And man, when they come up, give them a, a big time hand clap. These people are awesome. The first one is Colleen Conti. I call her Sister C because she can flat preach Sister C. And she is amazing. Man, Colleen served in our missions department for years and I was talking to Pastor Mike, and it was just a no-brainer. For who's supposed to talk about serving your world, this girl, she lives this. She's passionate about Jesus. She has a massive heart for the world, reaching the nations. And after that, Pastor Ryan Frith. Anybody know Pastor Ryan Frith? <laughs> coach Frith. Man, he's intense, bro. Get ready when he comes up. I call him Coach. He's got that coach face. Coach Frith coming up, and he's our men's pastor, our marriage pastor, and he's going to talk about serving your city, outreach. And I, and I promise you, I was thinking about both of them. Both of them love Jesus, and they practice what they're about to preach. It's not they're getting up here and talking about good ideas, but they actually live this, they practice this, and you guys are going to be blessed. So why don't you put your hands together for Colleen Conti as she comes up. All right. It's a long walk to the center of this stage. How are you all doing this morning? Whoo, there's a lot of you here. I'm a little nervous. Um, I'm just so honored that you would just give me a moment just to share what's on my heart, what the Lord put on my heart this morning. Um, I do, I know they hate this, but I do have to honor our pastors, Pastor Mike and Rachel. Um, I'm just so grateful for you guys, and thank you for believing in what God's doing in my life, but I have eight minutes, so I'll tell you more about how much I love you afterwards. <laughs> um, and I want to honor you, the church. Um, thank you, guys, um, for loving me out of my darkness. You know, I've had the privilege and honor of being part of this church for 12 years and the Sunday that I visited in 2004 just so happened to be Mission Sunday. And I left church just weeping um, because what drew me here, kind of similar to Pastor David, was that um, the vision that God had for this church to truly be a healing place for a hurting world. Uh, the global mandate that drives everything that we do. It's who you are. It's what you bleed. And you guys do this so well. We are a church that's been called to serve the world. We've been called to carry the gospel of hope to those that are lost and in pain, to come alongside the marginalized and forgotten, to be light in the darkness. So in Matthew 5, 14, just like Pastor David said, it says, you are the light of the world. Everybody say you. you. Say you. you. That's us. We as Christians. And just as a thought, I want to share this with you is we got to be real careful that it's us as Christians, not as Americans in a first world country going somewhere else to bring our opinions and our culture to the rest of the poor world, but rather us as a body of believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Our identity in Christ, like Pastor Mike said, is so much more important than any other subdivision. 
It's more important than race, background, education. That all takes a back seat to the fact that we are all covered by the blood of Jesus, that we are a body of believers. That's all followers in this room and those that are watching online in over 15 different countries. That's those that are being persecuted right now. The body of believers, we have been called to be the light of the world. We have been called to shine in darkness. You know, in Matthew 5.14, Jesus calls us the light of the world. But I learned this week, it's so interesting. This is the only time in scripture that God gives the same image to Jesus as to us. Because in John 9, verse 5, it says this, but while I am here in the world, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. While he was in the world, Jesus was the light. And like a candle that lights another, he passed that torch to us. So we are to shine as the light of the world until his return. Amen? In Matthew 5, 14, it says, you are the light of the world. Everybody say light. Light. You are the light of the world. What a great image, light. You know, I think the greatest source of light is the sun. And the sun doesn't discriminate. It shines on everyone, everywhere. It shines on the single mom in Honduras, the college student in Russia, the homeless man in Italy. Regardless of age, gender, political party, sin struggle, financial status, the sun does what it was created to do, to shine, right? That is what we do. John 1 verse 5, it says, the light shines in darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Everybody say shines. The light shines I love that image. The light doesn't point. We aren't laser pointers saying you're in darkness, you're in sin. We shine like a candle. We bring warmth and light and hope to others. We let God expose the darkness as we do what we were created to, to shine. Guys, you do this so well. You are the light of the world. In Matthew 5, 14, it says, you are the light of the world. Everybody say world. You guys getting this so far? You're the light of the world. Pastor Mike often reminds us that God's last command should be our first priority. I love this in Matthew 28, verse 19. It says, go. Everybody say, go. Everybody say, go. Go into and therefore and make disciples of all. Everybody say, all. All nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You are called to be the light of the world to those who are different than you by all the world's standards. We are called to reach, to share, to listen, to learn, to love, and to bring light into all the world. Amen? So what a charge. What a great responsibility. How do we do that? How do we be the light of the world? This is my one thought for you today. To be the light of the world, we have to step out of our world. You know, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I can so easily get caught up in my world, in mess of my life, in the everyday distractions, as a wife, as a daughter, as a friend, as a mom, just the, the daily distractions, the family calendar, the school projects, the issues of everyday life. But it's so important for us as a body of believers to step out, to step back, and to bring light into another's world. To be the light of the world, we have to step out of our world. You know, I went on my first international trip in 2005. They're going to show you pictures of it. That's my mother-in-law. And I was so excited. I stepped out of my crazy, busy, self-focused life into another person's world. I was overwhelmed, y'all. It's a hard thing to step out. I know for many of us, we can get caught up in our world, but we step out. And I stepped out and I fundraised and I responded to the call. I was going to go bring hope into Africa. But it turned out instead, God fanned the flame in me. He exposed some areas of my darkness. He rekindled joy and passion in me to be a healing place for a hurting world. 
What a cool opportunity. I don't know if you can see from that picture, but that's on our Africa in Swaziland campus. To the kids, we remind them that they, in fact, are the light of the world. So Lord, help us not get so caught up in our own world that we forget that we have a global mandate, right? We are supposed to bring the gospel to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the utter ends of the earth. In Acts 13, 47, it says, for the Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. Matthew 5, 14 says, you, everybody say you, are the light, everybody say light, of the world, everybody say world. It's our time to go. It's our time to step out and serve the world. So where do you begin? I'll tell you these three thoughts. One, pray. Pray for the boldness in the body of believers. Pray for those that are persecuted. Pray for those that are being a light in the world so far away. Pray for the nations. Give. Your giving goes. I hope you know this, church, that when you give in your tithe and offering, when you give in your 320 coming up, your giving supports 34 missionaries in 18 countries and four international campuses. Your giving goes. And lastly, you have to go. That's what God commands us. Take that opportunity. Go for it. I know it's hard to step out, but step out of the comforts of your world and bring light into the world. We have 15 opportunities this summer to go into the world. I challenge you. We will open up trips. If this whole room decides to go, I promise. I will tell Pastor Mike. He will. I'm sure they'll make more trips, right? Yes. We want everybody to go. So apply online at healingplacechurch.org and go be the light of the world. My brother and sister, Pat and Leah, live as missionaries in Tanzania. They're coming home today for a visit. And I asked Leah what it meant to be the light of the world. And I love what she said. It's asking people, it's asking about their families and visiting their homes. It's knowing people's stories and inviting them into ours. Isn't that exactly what Jesus did? He stepped out of heaven into the darkness of our world. He met us in our mess and invited us into his home, into his story. He brought us eternal light, the light of life. In John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness anymore because you will have the light that leads to life. In here, church, if you don't know Jesus, the very first step is to step out of darkness into his light. Please, if you don't know Christ, at the end, we'll have altar counselors down here. We'd love to take that journey with you. But us who are believers, our call is to now go and shine that light to everyone, to be a beacon of hope and healing. We are the light of the world. And to be the light, we have to step out of our world. We have to step out and shine. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for this church, God, that met me in my darkness and showed me Christ. God, and I pray that we would do that for others all over the world. God, I pray for the body of believers across the world that are being light, that are doing what we were created to do, to shine. Lord, help us, challenge us to pray, to give, to go, to step out of the comforts of our world and to truly be the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all clap your hands for Colleen. And I'm so glad to see everybody here this morning wearing their red shirts. I love wearing my red shirt. It reminds me about that, how much I love to serve, and it reminds me how much I love to eat. It always sits a little snug in this region for, for whatever reason. So maybe I'm the only one that has that problem. But uh, I'm just honored to be here this morning with you, and I want to honor Pastor Rachel and Pastor Mike for this incredible opportunity. And uh, I'm excited. I've, I've been excited about this all week. And Colleen did a great job talking about being the light of the world in missions. Y'all clap your hands again for 
for Colleen. If you have not been on a mission trip, I want to again encourage you, go. It will change your life. I can make you that promise. It will change your entire world going out there. But I also want you to know there are a lot of opportunities right here in our city to get involved. And our church does an amazing job with that. And I wanted to talk about a few of the things that happen just every week here at Healing Place Church. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, we have a homeless breakfast. We have guys that show up, guys and girls that show up Wednesday morning at 4 a.m., come on somebody, and they start cooking breakfast and they go downtown Baton Rouge and they're passing out meals to the homeless every single Wednesday morning. And then we have a cancer ministry that goes out into the hospital and is bringing uh, patients that are there to get chemo treatments. They're bringing them snacks and bringing them juice and it's able to be a blessing over there. And there's so many things that are happening every single week. I could go on and on and on about that. But I want to talk uh, again, November 19th, Carter talked about it earlier. Y'all, that is something you've got to have on your calendar. You want to be a part of that. I think about uh, this time, Hams for Fams, we usually call it Hams for Fams. And it was a couple years ago and I had loaded the kids up into the car and we're headed to go serve. And it was just one of those mornings. If you're, if you're a parent in here, you just know what I'm talking about. It was a tough morning, man. We were fighting on the house. We were arguing, getting in the car. Kids are crying. They're misbehaving. They don't want to go. We argued the whole way to the Dream Center. I know this is just my family. This isn't your family, right? This is just my family in the mornings when you're on your way to church or on your way to go serve. And we finally get there and we get our meal to go deliver it. And we pull up to the house and all of a sudden my kids became polite and obedient and they went and knocked on the door. They were helpful and they carried the food to the door. They knocked on like, hey, here you go. Here's your food. It was an amazing move of God. I haven't seen God move like that in a long time. It was so awesome to see. But I'll always remember that hands for fans. And it would have been real easy for me to say, you know what? We're not going. We're not going. No, everybody's being too bad. We're going to head back home. But I have never regretted going. I've never regretted going. And I thought about this as I was preparing, like what are some things that, that keep me from serving? What are things that get in the way of me serving? And the first one I thought about was schedule. Yeah, I, in my schedule, I allow it to get so busy that I don't even have margin to go serve. I don't have margin for other people. And, and I don't like that. I don't ever want that to be the case because I know in my own life, I always find time for things that are important to me. If it's important to me, I will make it happen. And I pray, and I was, I was praying last night, I said, God, I pray that serving is always important to me because if it's important, I will make sure that it gets into my schedule. The other thing I thought about was just value. What, what do I bring to the table? What can I do? You know, sometimes you get in this mindset of, well, I don't know how to do that, so I'm not going to go. And so here's the trick. Y'all ready? This is what you do. If you feel like that, you go, what do I have to offer what you do is you show up, you do just like me, and you find the thing that takes the least amount of intelligence, okay, the least amount of skill, and you go do that, okay? So like car prep, I go wash cars or do vacuums. I'm not out there changing brake pads and oil. Or for, if I'm working with Cooking for Christ, I'll be the guy cutting up onions, okay? I can handle that. You just got to go. But I also want you to know that God has put something inside of you. You are good at something, you have a gift that God has given you, and I want to encourage you to look around your world, look around what is happening in your life. Where is God calling you to use what he has put inside of you that you are good at? Because it's not just for you to be good at it. It is so you can impact the lives of others. That is a gift from God, and it is a way for you to be able to show the world, to show your city what God, how awesome God is and how amazing uh, he's been in your life. Can I get a good amen this morning? The other thing I thought about is, is why. Why do we serve. Why do we serve? You know, we talk about reasons why we, we, sometimes things get in the way of serving, but why do we serve? 
And I sent a text to some of my friends the other day and just asked them, why do you serve? These guys, they, they are out serving all the time, doing outreach, serving on the weekends here. And I said, why do you serve? And I had a lot of guys send back a lot of awesome responses. But one guy, he, he won. He sent in the best response, and it was four words. He said, because I love Jesus. That's it. And I went, that is so simple, and, and that, that's all it is. Because I love Jesus, I want to go into my city, and I want to go serve on the 19th because I love Jesus. Not because of what it's going to do for me, it's because of what he's done for me. I want to go because I love him. When you recognize how much Jesus loves you, you cannot help but get out there and serve. We, I, I try and serve, and I feel like we can all serve from a place of, of simple overflow of God's love for us. That's just an overflow. God's loved me so much, and he's done so much in me, and I love him so much that serving just becomes an overflow of that. Matthew uh, 5, 14, we've read it a few times. It says, you're the light of the world, a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. It cannot be hidden. I never want to hide what Jesus did in my life. I don't know where you came from, your background. Maybe, I don't know how you, what your life was like before Christ. Maybe you haven't accepted Christ. But for me, I was headed down a path of destruction. And I look around our world and I just think about there's so many people that, that, that are hurting. And they're headed down a path that I look at and it just breaks my heart because it could have been me. Had Jesus, had Jesus not come and, and, and encountered my life, I could have been right there. And I never want to hide it. I'm not ashamed to, to, to pronounce the name of Jesus. I don't care where I'm at. It doesn't matter if I'm, if I'm at a restaurant or if I'm out in public. I want people to know what Jesus did in my life. And the best way for me to show those people that is to serve them. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. So wherever I'm going, I want to serve. If I'm at a gas station, I want to serve. I was challenged the other night. I, was, I went out to eat with uh, Michael and Jessica Compagna, and we were at Texas Day Brazil because I had a gift card that somebody had given me. Otherwise, I can't go. And I went into the bathroom, and, and the bathroom was a wreck. And I was like, oh, man, I got to go tell the host that this bathroom is just a big mess, and there's paper everywhere, and, and, and the, there's water drops everywhere. And I'm going to tell you all, the Lord stopped me so quick, and he said, well, why don't you just clean it up? I said, I'm in the bathroom in public. Why don't you just clean it up? And I sat there, and I'm not boasting about myself. I'm just telling you about the conviction that God brought on me. I got some paper towels, and I wiped everything down and, and picked all the trash up, and I put it in there, and, and the bathroom looked better when I got done. But... That's why we served. It wasn't because anybody saw. I was the only person in there. But I served that moment because I love Jesus. And I'm not sitting here telling you that I had this whole thing figured out. I, it, it's far from that. And I'm talking to a people, like this is the preaching to the choir, literally. You guys are amazing and y'all serve like crazy. And I appreciate that about you so much. But I want to encourage you, always serve from a place of because I love Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you so much, God, for the opportunity to serve our city. We just pray right now for our city. We pray for, for Baton Rouge, for East Baton Rouge Parish and Ascension Parish and Livingston Parish and all that you're doing. God, we're so thankful to be a part of it, Lord. And I pray for the outreach November 19th that people would see your love and know how much that you love them. That they would not see us, they would not see church or a man or a woman, but they would see the very face of God and it would touch their lives forever so that you may be known to them and they would be saved and spend eternity with you in heaven. Lord, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome.
You guys, y'all being blessed by this today? Come on. Let me finish this up here with talking about serve your home. So talk about serve your world. You're the light of the world. You're a city on a hill. Serve your city. And then finally home. Jesus in this passage and what he's saying is he started wide and he brought it in and he went small. He's not giving these in order of importance. So everybody, everybody pay attention here. Jesus isn't saying, hey, guys, number one, you got to make sure you go to the world. Okay, That's, make sure you do that. And then number two, make sure you serve your city. And then finally, if you get around to it, those people you live with every single day, if you can be kind to them and serve them and treat them okay, if you get around to it, that would be awesome. Jesus is not saying that. Instead, he lists world, city, and home because all of them are what he wants us to serve and is so important to do. But I believe with all of my heart that public serve always flows best from private serving. Your public ministry always flows best if you're serving and your ministry is done right in private. And it's hard, man. We're going to be real here. It's hard to get real enthusiastic about serving at home. And I might be the only one. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. But I can get fired up about going on a mission trip. I'm going on a mission trip in February to Spain. Talk to me, somebody. Spain. It's going to be awesome. I'm going there. I'm going to be so excited. I'm going to love that week. It's going to be fantastic. I love this Saturday going on this outreach, all the holiday outreaches. And here's the truth. We can fake it for a little bit. We can act like we got it all together. We're holy. We kind of, God bless you. We just, you know what I'm saying? We can fake it. But there's no faking it when you live at your house. You wake up and your kids are there. You go home, you go to work, you get home, and guess what? They're still there. Some of y'all thinking about this shit about your spouse. You go to bed and they're there, and it just, it just continues every single day. It's hard to get fired up about doing the dishes. Oh, I just love you. In the name of Jesus is doing the dishes. Taking out the trash, feeding the dog. That's why I don't, I don't even have pets. I don't got time for pets. But it's hard to, to keep that momentum and that energy and that enthusiasm high. But listen to me. If we miss this, if we don't have light in our home, how can we ever be a city on a hill? If we don't have purity and holiness and serve and kindness and joy in our home and peace in our home, how in the world will we ever reach the world? And the enemy knows this, man. He is after your home. He's after my home. If you're single, he's after your life. He's after your close relationships. And I believe with all of my heart, God wants this church to be made up with people and families and homes that they have light in them. That our homes shine bright for Christ. And when people come into our homes, they can sense the power of God. Do you believe that can be a reality? They step foot in your home. They say, man, something feels different in here. And it's not that you're awesome. It's not that I'm awesome. It's that we serve Jesus. And as we do that, God does great and amazing things in us and through us. And I want to give you just two thoughts as it relates to serving your home. The first one is this. Serve your home with your words. Your words are so important. My words are so important. Man, I don't know if this ever happens to you, but sometimes some of my harshest words can be towards those I love the most. That's unfortunate. For all of us, it happens. And we can, we can have a, a, a good attitude at certain places, but man, our greatest disciples are found in our home. The people that we need to show Jesus and preach Jesus and live Jesus are right there beside us. And there's been times, just being real with you, there's been times I've come to morning prayer, 6 a.m. morning prayer. And anybody been there before? You get home, you're tired. I've gotten home from morning prayer and I just had the grouches on me, just grouchy. 
And my wife, I love my wife, man. She'll call me out. I know some, some, some people have that anointing. She calls me out. She says, boy, you need to get back for round two of prayer before you come up in this place. I'll grouchy. What we speak matters. We're going to have to, in life, you're going to have to address problems in your home. You're going to have problems in your marriage. It's going to happen. You're going to have problems with your kids. It's going to happen. But I pray that we speak to potential. We address problems, but we speak to potential. We don't identify our kids by what they do wrong. We identify our kids by what they're doing right and what we believe God is going to do in and through them. I'll get my kids sometimes in the car, and they can't stand it. They, they don't like it, but they're strapped in. They can't do anything about it. And I will just start, I'll just start praying, and I start speaking life over them. And I start saying, I see on you, Elijah. Man, God has anointed you to be a leader. Judah, I see on you, you're going to be bold like a lion. You're going to be courageous. You're going to do great things. Adam, I see in you that the joy of the Lord is in your life. As you start speaking those things, reality takes place and it will eventually happen. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 says this, Paul speaking, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is what? Helpful for building up of others according to their needs, that it may be beneficial to those who listen. Ask yourself this question. Are the words that I'm speaking in my home and the tone in which I'm speaking, is it building people up or is it tearing people down? And unfortunately, and some of us in here, we grew up in homes where you did not see this. You did not experience this. This idea of speaking into potential, speaking love, speaking faith, speaking hope. It was not a reality. But can I tell you this, my friend? God can turn those things around for his glory. And he can raise up in you a spirit that God desires to put inside of there. And when you have your own home or you have your own home now, this can be the culture of your home. This can be reality in your house that you speak things. You don't just honor God with your lips, but you honor God with everything you do that we speak it. I want to read you one other scripture here on this subject. Serving your home with your words from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 11. I love this. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Every single day we have a choice. Every single day when we come home and we see our kids, we see our wife, we see those that we're in close relationship with, man, let's be a people that choose fruit, that we speak life over them. We speak peace over them. And God's going to bring great things about from it. The second thing is this. Serve your home with your words and finally serve your home with your action. Serve your home with your action. There is absolutely nothing more attractive to people than consistency. When people don't just hear about God, but they see God, they will be attracted to him. And if we could be a group of people, and our homes could be a place, and you're going to have days, I'm going to have days where we blow it. If we can be a group of people that we speak the things that honor God, but we align that with living the way that honors God. And God is going to raise up a generation who are going to be so passionately in love with him that they will have light in their home one day, they will be a city on a hill one day, and they will reach the world one day. Do you believe that? Well, it starts with us. It starts with me. God help me. And I thought about, just in closing, 
I thought about my parents, and, and people mess with me because I talk about my mom and dad a lot, but I love them, and I feel like I owe so much to them. And I don't, I don't say this to poor salt and any wound in here, and this wasn't your experience, I promise you, but I say this to tell you the testimony that could take place. I fell in love with Jesus because I saw him every single day in my home. Did they mess up? Sure. Did they, make, did they have bad moments? Did they say things that weren't right sometimes? Sure. Did they do things that weren't right? Sure. All those things. But there was consistency. They realized that God had saved them for a purpose. God had set them apart for a purpose. And they didn't just speak about God, but they lived for him. And I'm thankful for pastors. I'm thankful for kids' church. I'm thankful for great schools. I'm thankful for great teachers. I'm thankful for government. I'm thankful for all those things. But I pray that God uses our homes to ignite a fire within our kids. And some of you might be here today and you say, you know what, I blew it. My kids are out of the home. You can still pray for them. You can still call out for them. You can still bombard hell for them. You can still say, God, I'm not giving up on them. You say, well, they won't even answer my phone. But you know what? God always hears you. And he has a way of reaching those that we're unable to reach and incapable of reaching. So I pray that we have amazing faith, big faith, large faith. To say, Lord, I'm not just going to act like I'm for you. I'm going to live for you in every single way. And this is the last thing is that we will be a church and a people that are so on fire for Christ. And man, we won't just go through the motions of Christianity, man. God has saved you for a reason. He has saved you for a purpose. If it was just to save you, then you would already be up in heaven. He just saved you and boom, you're gone. But he saved you and he's placed you on this planet to be the light of the world, to be a city on a hill, and to be light in your home. The Bible says this, Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That they may see and that they may glorify. I love these red shirts. Man, I love it. I like wearing this to church. It makes dressing for church real simple. It's awesome. We just do this like once a month. We got our kids in serve shirts. It was really easy. I pray when they see these shirts, they see a group of people that are in love with Jesus, that serve Jesus. And regardless of what position these people find themselves in, religiously they might be in another playing field. You know, with, with what they do with their time and their energy, they might be far away from God, but I pray that they'll see that we love them no matter where they are. And the love of God has a way of chasing people down. And they see us this Saturday and the months ahead and just really every single day, things are taking place that people will see Jesus and fall in love with Jesus because we're a church that's committed to being a city on a hill. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.